Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on Light a Candle Podcast are those of individual OA speakers and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Tim. Hi, I'm Tim, Compulsive Overeater. Um, so I might, I'm in the middle of Montana right now, so my internet might be a little shaky. So please, can somebody give me a signal and I will just turn off my video so it'll be a little bit better. Um, like I said, I'm Tim, I'm a Compulsive Overeater. Uh, back from relapse, I'm now absent 11 years and I'm down I'm I'm having a hard time to find the little gray areas. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Tim, um, would you mind actually trying to turn off your video? Because you are spotting out a little bit here and there. So um, is this better? Thumbs up, everybody. So far, so good. Okay, good. Um, So (laughs) um, my disease loves the, the area and so once a month when I weigh myself and it has to be that number is the number that I report to my sponsor and I let him know exactly how much it went up or down or if it didn't change at all um, so I came into Overeaters Anonymous um, uh, 11 years ago for the second time um, but I did not grow up a heavy child I grew up in the Midwest where um, we I had it wasn't a working farm but there was tons of property to do chores on and so um, uh, uh, we were either working or playing a sport. And we were actually encouraged to eat big meals. We were encouraged to, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, to eat as much as possible because we might not be stopping until the end of the day. And I took that to heart. Um, I, one of my earliest food memories is um, I love spaghetti and meatballs. And um, my mom would cook them. And, and when she put the meatballs in the sauce, I would literally – go through and scoop out the meatballs and eat the meatballs. And by the time we got to dinner, there would be maybe just a couple meatballs left. And that never occurred to me that that's technically stealing. Um, and so um, only w- after I got into program was I able to see that. Um, like I said, it wasn't until high school that I, I started putting on the weight. Um, because what I found my, my, my one um, quality that came very, very naturally to me. And it's something that still remains with me. And that's quitting. Um, when I, when I got to high school, um, I went to an all boys Catholic high school and I had played soccer up to that point. Um, and I was a very good soccer player and I was a very good baseball player. And, um, as soon as I saw my first curveball, I quit. Uh, and, and I went to a school that just had won the state championship for the first time. And instead of going for a tryout, I decided to quit soccer and I went and started playing football. Um, now, I, at the time, I was five foot two and 120 pounds. And so football really wasn't something that was natural for me. Um, but I was my, my ego and who I was was just entirely too fragile to be rejected in a tryout. So I just started going to any sport, any sport that they, what do you call it, uh, that they had that didn't have tryouts, I, I went and played, whether it was wrestling, uh, um, uh, uh, football, um, anything that had a tryout, I wouldn't try out for it. Um, I started to put on about um, 
I was able in, in the wintertime, I put on about 20, 25 pounds in the winter, but then comes summertime when we started working, it was what he called it. Um, what happened though, when we moved off the farm. And so when I was, uh, when I was uh, in high school, we, there was no longer that amount of work that we had to do. So all of a sudden the weight started coming on. Okay. When I, when I stopped playing sports in college, because again, there were, I didn't want to just do it intramurally or for fun. It, it had to be competitive for me to be interested in it. And, and, and all the sports in, in, uh, in college are, are, are they're all uh, tryouts. So I, of course I didn't try out for anything. Um, that's when I put on 40 to 50 pounds. And so, because they could bring, they would bring you food all night long and you could eat as much as you wanted at the, at the, at the cafeteria. And I, I love that. There was no portion control whatsoever. Um, now at this time I got interested, I went to an all boys Catholic high school. So girls really weren't too much of an issue. Um, but when I went to college, that's when it became an issue. So I knew I had to be thin to get a girl. That, that was the belief. That was the belief behind. So I, I quickly lost, lost weight um, and, and I had several girlfriends. And, but then that wasn't enough to keep me interested. So then I started gaining weight again. Um, by that time, I graduated from college. And oh, by the way, all, all this time, one of the things that I found were drugs and alcohol, mostly alcohol. Um, it did for me exactly what food did for me. Uh, um, and so... Uh, I, I could I could actually manage my weight. I, I, I delayed my entrance into OA by using drugs and alcohol. Um, and so in my teens and 20s, everybody was, they, they didn't eat like a compulsive overeater, but they used a lot of drugs and alcohol. So what did I do? I fit in. I'm a chameleon. I will fit in. I will wear cowboy boots and a cowboy hat in Montana. I will wear a suit in New York City. I will wear... Because I, I fit in, I will fit in wherever I'm at. Um, and so uh, I used drugs and alcohol and it did exactly what food did for me. And I only had, like I said, maybe at maximum 50 pounds to lose, but I could always bring it into some kind of range. Uh, once I got out of, out of college, um, the real yo-yoing with weight started. Um, it, was, it, was, it was 40 to 50 pounds, but, but I, there, was, there was no longer school. It was the drive for success was on. So I had to keep it under control, but I can only do that for so long. So I would change jobs as quickly as my weight would, 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 would afford. I would, I would, just like my relationships with women, I would come in thin and then I would get lazy and then I would get fat. And so I would just work my way right up the scale. And then, and then I, of course I would have to quit or I would get fired. Um, usually I just quit before I got fired. And then I would have to lose all the weight. I would take some uh, manual labor job, uh, some job that was, you know, uh, I mean, I was very fortunate to have a college education. I, I you know, a, a really good family. We, we have our problems, but I, you know, I was given every opportunity to succeed, but yet I would go and, and I would take construction labor jobs to, to manage the weight. At about 29 years old, my run with drugs and alcohol ended. I mean, it literally ended one night. Um, I, if you looked at me in, from the time I was 13 to the time I was 29, and every time I drank, I was pretty much drinking to get drunk. Um, but I didn't have both aspects of this disease. I did not have the phenomenon. Of, I didn't have the mental obsession. I, once I drank, I started to get drunk, but I did not. The next day, I wasn't like, hey, I'm going to do that again. Okay. And so it was removed from me literally one night, but then the next day, the food came in because I needed relief. I must have relief. I must have ease and comfort like the book talks about. 
And so what happened to me is I gained, and it was so embarrassing, I gained a lot of weight. I'm going to say 60 to 80 pounds within you know, six to eight months. And I, I gained it so quickly that um, my back couldn't handle it. <laughs> and um, and uh, uh, I, uh, I, 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 was, I went out for a walk one night and my back froze up in the middle of this busy intersection. And the people were honking and I had to waddle to the corner. And then I still couldn't move for about 45 minutes until my back loosened up. And I finally walked home. And I was just so humiliated. And, and humiliation drives me. It really, it does drive me. It's something that I have a real displeasure for. So what did I do is I started exercising insane. I've never exercised. I'd always played a sport. So what did I do? I, start, I went out and signed up for the Chicago Marathon. I, never, I've never run, I still never run a 5K. But I ran the Chicago Marathon. And then after that was done, I lost all this weight. I'm looking good again. I'm like, if I stop, the weight's going back on. I, I, that's one thing I knew. I, I knew I had to keep moving. And so I, the, I, I, I called up the Ironman triathlon. I said, I want to run the Iron, I, I want to do the Ironman. And they're like, well, you have to qualify for that. And I'm like, well, I don't want to qualify. I, I just want to do it. And, they're, and I'm like, is there anything I can do? And they're like, uh, yeah, if you send us a check for $1,000, we'll let you do it. I'm like, here comes a check. So I wrote a check and sent it to them. And then I had, I had to go out and buy a bike. I had to go out and, and get it. I never swam. I'd never ridden a bike. I mean, I'd ridden, but I'd never ran, rode. So then after that, I was like, what's next? As I'm driving back from Lake Placid, New York, I'm driving back to, I'm thinking, what's next? Because if I stop, the weight's coming back on. And so this is when to, in, the, in the late 90s, when Into Thin Air was, was, was coming in. And, and I was like, oh, Mount Everest, that's a great challenge. If I do that, that'll keep me really busy and focused. And I called them up and I said, what do I have to do? To be? And they're like, send us a check for $80,000 and we'll, we'll let you climb Mount Everest. And I have happened. was going on who I he was in Alcoholics Anonymous and he's like eventually you're gonna show up and I'm like what what's this mumbo mumbo I'm like I have no idea what you're talking about I'm going to California he sent me and sure enough I went and looks like we lost him um so hopefully he can hop back on i think we yeah so hold tight hold please I am sorry about that. It can, can everybody hear me? <laughs> yes, we can hear you now. Thanks, Tim. I am, I am so sorry. So, um, so I convinced my brother and sister to, to, to do a marathon with me. And guess what? They, my best thinking the night before the marathon was to eat a large pizza in my room. And the marathon did not go my way. It, it, they actually had a better, they beat me. And I hate saying that they beat me. But that, again, that shame drove me. And so I, I, uh, when I was training, a guy told me about Overeaters Anonymous. And so I came in, I was like, listen, I, on my way back from the Chicago airport, I bought, I bought my first diet book. 
I bought my, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to do it. And, 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 uh, um, I'm going to, I'm going to make this work. I got home. I bought all the foods. I was ready to go. It was going to be my first Monday morning. I'd never had a Monday morning before, but this was going to be it. And by lunchtime, I was eating foods I couldn't eat. I mean, I, that I wasn't supposed to be eating. And I was eating them in mass quantities. And so what did I do? I, I came into Overeaters Anonymous and I immediately got, I, I, I had a sponsor who came from AA. He told me there are, there are foods that trigger this alcoholic response, this phenomenon of craving and mental obsession. And I'm like, oh, I know, flour and sugar. And he's like, great. And we, we worked through the steps. He quickly steps. I made my amends. I did all this and everything was, was great. You know, I was sending in my food. I was reporting my food. All of a sudden I'm now back down to my high school wrestling weight. I now the girl the girlfriend that I'm dating. She starts to become the fiance. The job that I had is turning into a career and OA is starting to lose its pole position. It's starting to slip from first piece of business to the second piece of business. Well, you know, I'm getting the same meetings of this you know searching one addiction for another and i'm getting that comfort that i that i must have ease and comfort but i'm just getting it for my wife but she doesn't know how to talk oh hey you can't eat that <laughs> she's like she's like she thought oa was really restrictive and so um so what did i do i slowly weaned my way out of overeaters anonymous the means i would leave the meetings early to go to spin class in Hollywood. So, so I was basically working my own program. I was doing half of OA meetings, half spin classes. And then as I got busier and life got bigger and bigger and bigger, I was given the OA or the one finger salute. Like, so thank you so much Overeaters Anonymous for giving me this great life. Thank you for everything you've given me and I don't need you anymore. And, that's, and I, I wasn't saying that out loud, but my actions were saying that. So now, I'm abstinent. I'm, I'm what do you call? I'm sponsoring a lot of people, but I'm not answering their calls. I'm, I'm literally, they're not calling me. I'm, I'm like, I don't want to talk to him. He's never going to get it. Okay. I'm not going to meetings. I'm not making outreach calls. And then all of a sudden I'm defensive. And then all of a sudden the first bite is, it makes perfect sense. I'm not in the middle of the herd. I am out there on my own. I am making freelance food decisions. And guess what? Uh, the powerlessness comes back. Okay, the powerlessness comes back and I am now eating. Now, now I, I kept it together. I kept it, I kept my relapse under control until my wife and I got married. Until I kept it, I kept myself at about 220, 215 to 220 until we got married. As soon as we got married, I shot up to 280 pounds. I'm like, listen, you're legally required to be here. I'm gonna eat like I'm gonna I wanna be the person that I want to be. And so I ate and it was it was like off the hook eating. And I was that way for five years. And a couple times when I was out in relapse, she said, hey, Tim, maybe you want to go back to OA. And I'm like, you know, and I just said to her, I said, listen, I'm just, I'm not ready to be honest. I'm just not ready to do this work. And, you know, she took that as a, as a, as a valid answer. She didn't push me. She didn't, there was never any of that stuff. But so what happened is on May the 4th, you know, it was a Friday afternoon, uh, I can remember it just very clearly, 2009, May the 4th, and I, uh, um, I had all my binge foods in the house. I convinced her that, hey, we're going to watch some movies and get, and, 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 and get some pizza. So I went out and I got some McDonald's and Wendy's and Burger King and pizza, and I ate all that stuff before I got back, had the pizza, and then I just kept eating, and I couldn't stop. I mean, the, the beast was on me, and I could not stop eating. I don't know what it was, but that day, the voices in my head would not stop. 
and I just couldn't stop eating. And that night I, I'd eaten so much, I threw up in my mouth. And again, shame drives me. Shame will drive me to, to, to action. And that, that I felt absolutely ashamed of that. And, and on May the 5th, I came in, oh, wait a minute. Uh, I snuck, so I live in, La, in North Hollywood. I snuck all the way out to Pasadena, which is about a 30 mile drive, so that no one would see me, that I wouldn't have to humble myself and say, oh, I have relapsed. Because my plan from the time I relapsed till May the 4th, my plan was I'm gonna lose the weight and come back and tell you how I did it. And on May the 5th, that plan was over. It was over. I snuck all the way out to Pasadena and I said, uh, you know, and, and I don't know, and I mean no insult to anybody that's in Pasadena meetings. I just, I, it's just, they're just weird for me. They're just weird meetings. I just, I just hear, I, and it's me, it's not them. I just hear, I don't hear what I need to hear. And so I, I, it, it actually scared me. And it scared me enough to be like, if, if I only get one chance at this again, I better go to where there's recovery, where I've heard recovery before. And, and I went back to the 730 Studio City meeting where it, it, at the time it was maybe 30, 30 people. And I was like, please help me. I can't stop eating. And, my, and, and, and Adam, my sponsor now, you know, he, he had at the time he has 10, at the time he had 10 years of abstinence and he was down 140 pounds. And I was just like, I, I can't stop eating. Just please help me. And so he's like, okay. He goes, Tim, what, what are you abstaining from? And I said, you know, I said, I said, flour and sugar. He's like, great. He goes, perfect. He said, let's go. To, we're going to go to a lot of meetings. We're going to do a lot of talking. We're going to, we're going to, but flour and sugar. I'm like, perfect. And so what happened was that was, I, when I came back in the step one, I knew that I, what do you call it? I was having, to me, the step one is very simple. It's, it's I'm having a problem when I eat and I am having a problem when I don't eat. So when I'm eating, I'm overeating. And when I'm not eating, I'm thinking about eating, I'm obsessing about eating, and I can't stop myself from stopping from eating. And so I got that right away, okay? And then, there were, then I had this experience, a step two experience was, um, it was maybe 30 or 60 days in, uh, I, was, I was shopping. And I, you know, I, had, I had my list of abstinent, uh, uh, abstinent meals, and, and I had my plan that I was gonna go in and get. And then being from the Midwest, I'm German and Irish, and there was these bratwurst, and I don't know if people know in, in Los Angeles know about bratwurst, but, but for me, it, it was like, oh, I, I just, I just, there were foods that I, I loved. And, and all of a sudden, there were five in a pack. And an odd number for a compulsive overeater is a little like daunting. It's like, do I have three of them? And then there's two left. And then I got to get another pack to make it, to make it six. And then uh, now I need three packs to even it out. And so I better get enough for next week. So I better get six packs. And now I'm walking out and I don't have any of my foods that I'm supposed to be getting. And I'm freaking out. And, and the, the cart is loaded with bratwurst. And I'm, I'm asking, is there any more? And I'm, I'm out and I'm like, oh my God. And all of a sudden I called my spot and I called Adam and I said, I was like, look, this is what I'm doing. He goes, oh, Tim, he goes, hey, he said, these are, these are alcoholic foods. And I'm like, oh, I, and he goes, he goes, if you start eating them, he goes, what do you call it? If you start, you're going to go, you're going to go back. You're going to go back and you're going to go back up. You're going to do what you always do. You're going to eat more. That's what a compulsive eater does. It's not a matter of when it's a matter of if. And I'm like, oh my God. And so that day to me was, I came to believe that my sponsor could restore me to sanity because I am sitting in there. I'm about to start to load and get, get boxes full of this bratwurst, 
because I don't see it anywhere else in Los Angeles. And all of a sudden he talked me off the ledge. He talked me down. And all of a sudden I, that, I believed that my sponsor knew exactly what I was going through. And so for, for, the long, for a while, my sponsor was my higher power. And so well, then we sat down. We sat down about maybe three to six months after, after I was new. And he's like, I, I, everything was going well. The weight's starting to come off. You know, I, I'm going to meetings. I'm crazy. I'm yelling at people in meetings. But, but he's like, I don't care. He's like, if you need to yell, yell. It doesn't matter. You just, you just don't eat. And so, um, so he asked me, he sat me down. He goes, okay, Tim, we're going to, this is the second, this is the second round with the food. He goes, what have you put on your plate in the last, since you've been abstinent, that as soon as you put it on your plate, you were looking for the second helping. You were looking for the, the little bit more. And, and I must have thought that he was going to give me more. I, I really did because, because I was honest with him. And I mean, I'm not an honest person, but in that moment, I was just honest. And I said, oh, I said flour and I said, I said potatoes and rice. I said, oh, there's this potato salad that I love and I just love rice. And he's like, he goes, Tim, those are alcoholic foods. And I was like, I was like, what? I'm like, but what about brown rice? What about baked potatoes? I, I don't really like those. He goes, Tim, he goes, it's been my experience and I've been around. He goes, people that, 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 that tend to play with foods that are really right next to their alcoholic foods, finally find a way to get back to their alcoholic foods and then they relapse and then they might not come back. Your experience was you were gone for five years and you, there was no way you were getting back here. What does the next time look like? You gained 120 pounds in your last relapse. What does your re next relapse look like? And so I was like, listen, I'm done. I was like, you, 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 know, you make the call on the food. And, and he said, I, he said well, you're done with potatoes and rice. And I surrendered that. And that's really, except for maybe a half a dozen times in the last 11 years, we have not talked about food. We have not talked about food. And, and so I turned at that time, I turned my food over to my sponsor. It was like, I am done. You, I, my father, my father was a, uh, was a, was a you know, he's, he was a hard man. He, he was a, like, you know, a, just a Midwest hard guy. And he used to, he used to say, he says, listen, I hired you from the neck down. He goes, I don't want you to think. I just want you to, I just want you to work. And that's really all he wanted us to do was to work. And, and really, it was a very cruel way. But when it comes to food, that's really how what I need. I, listen, from the neck down is where I need to be hired about my food. My food needs to be surrendered. It needs to be, you know, I need to, somebody else needs to make those decisions for me. And so, so as I progress through this program, and I'm going to stop here so I can hear some questions. Um, the, my spot, it, nothing mattered to my sponsor except not eating. And I'm like, well, 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 wait a minute. What about, what about, what about, you know, it started off with, I, I was like, hey, what about gum chewing? I'm chewing a lot of gum because I don't care about the gum. I said, I said, you know, I, you know, I, I like to steal things. And he goes, I don't care. He says, you'll get to, you'll get to clean that up. You might have to clean that up from jail, but you, you might, you'll get to clean that up. Right now, the, the important piece of business is, is, is not what he called. He says, I said, well, what about, what about pornography? And he goes, oh, he says, I don't care. He says, we're going to deal with food right now. And he goes, I promise you, if you go through this process, those things will, will fall away. And it won't be you. It will be your higher power removing them. And I'm like, perfect. <laughs> and guess what? Every one of those, every one of those things has, has been removed. 
it has it has been removed now that has t that took really very little work now wait a minute the pornography that's not true the pornography was more of like a dr bob experience dr bob had an experience of he was thirsty for two and a half years he had to take actions to to what he called so he didn't succumb to what he called to to drinking now my food my experience with food was like a bill experience it was just removed i really i've really not had a craving in in 11 years i have not had a craving in 11 years but but i but but when it came to pornography i had to take actions i didn't want to take i had to take i had to make outreach calls i had to ask for help in those moments when when i had a desire I know that's not what this program is about, but it is, I think, an important lesson on a character defect being removed through action, not just having it removed. Now, here's, now, here's, now, my, he doesn't let me pause anywhere because I thought that was enough to, so I could stop for a while. He goes, now let's talk about your anger, Tim. And I, I mean, I know my picture's off, but I, I'm guessing you guys get the sense that I just got some energy going here. Uh, um, now, when I get angry, that energy is, it, it absolutely turns on people. And it turns on, it turns on number one, my wife, number two, my children, and number three, my sponsees. Now, now it has been easy. It's been easy, easier, not easy. It is with my sponsees. That's been so and asking for help and them holding me accountable for my anger. But being, but, being, but being gentle with my wife and my children, that is something that I must take action. And I have been unwilling as of yet to take, make a decision when they talk about in the big book, always when they talk about in the, uh, the doctor's opinion, uh, what he, when he says uh, constantly going on the wagon, but never making a decision. That's me. I got I to call that out. That is me. That is me never making the decision to be a loving and tolerant man, always saying, I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. So my sponsor, Dread Feet of Clay, I, by, by no means do what I do and how I say, this is, it, this is an ugly, ugly process. And, and I make it look even uglier most of the time because I fight it and I don't want to do it. But guess what? The promise is just contact with my higher power and I keep getting in the way and if I can slowly let go of my ideas and surrender my way it promises me that I will be I will be given this rocket ship ride and that's what I'm looking for I'm looking not just to be free from food but to but to get escape velocity and get and and, and get some peace to get some real peace because I, I think even from my tone I think people get the sense that it's not real peace I mean I'm on the path but I got a long way to go so thank you very much for the 130 people being here and just witnessing. I, I wish I could turn the video on, but I could see your faces and I could see your nods. So thank you very much for being here. Amazing. Thank you so much, Tim. Um, yes, as you said, we have some time for questions. We're going to go until 620. So um, if you would like to ask a question verbally, feel free to use the raise hand function um, by clicking participants and then raise hand. Or if you would uh, rather type it, if you're not in a place where you can safely speak, feel free to message it to me directly and I will feed it to Tim. So if anyone has any questions, feel free to go ahead and raise your hand. Thank you again so much, Tim, for your share. That was wonderful. Okay, it looks like Chloe from New Zealand has a question. I'm allowing you to unmute yourself. Go for it, Chloe. Thank you so much. 
thank you so much, Tim. I'm Chloe, grateful recovering compulsive overreader from New Zealand. Thank you so much, Tim, for your powerful share. Um, I just probably got the golden question that everyone might ask, but like, I'd love to hear more about your relationship and your journey with your higher power. If you wanted to talk about that. Sure. Um, my relationship with the higher power started off with, it was Adam. And then um, um, it was my sponsor. And then it, then it evolved. And I don't know what happened. And again, let me know if my internet starts to freak out. I'll turn off my video again. Um, it, it, it turned into a clock. I, I don't know why it did. Because when, when I, what do you call it? I was so afraid of getting to the three hours between my breakfast and my snack. And the thought occurred to me at one point that the clock only goes backwards in movies. That is, so it was the clock, my next meal, even today is, is getting, just got a second closer. It just got, it's consistent. It was absolute, I needed stability. And, and a clock was completely a stable thing. It was something that I could believe in. And then um, after a long period of time, for me, I love, I love, I'm going to turn off my, cause I see it getting sketchy. I love, I love toddlers. I love babies because they, even when they're hitting each other, they're not, they're just doing what they have to do. They, they're not thinking about it. And my, my heart just cracks open. And I mean, I'm, I'm not a nice guy. I'm not, I'm not a lovey feely feely kind of guy. But when I see a toddler, it, my heart just cracks open. And then somebody, somebody said, don't you think God sees you exactly like that? Like you see that toddler. And all of a sudden my, my version of God went from a clock to like, he sees me as this little challenged little toddler, you know, and, and he loves me no matter what I am doing. And then it became like a, then it morphed into like, a, um, and I'm, I'm going to embarrassed to admit this. It became like Ron Howard. I, I, and why I say Ron Howard is because his brother gave an interview about Ron was his older brother. He was talking about his older brother in such reverence and such, you know, just, so, he was so nice and he always cared about making sure everybody got a part to play and, and all the kids got a chance on the basketball court. And I'm not like that. <laughs> and, and I was the older brother. And so, so for a while it was Ron Howard. And now it's kind of like just this, it's becoming less and less, less and less, what do you call it? Uh, a figure and more and more like a concept of just like, you know, love and tolerance and acceptance. And, 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 I, I, and I, I, I forget that, you know, I, I, I love the big book and the big book is, is like, I need to have them with me at all times because I don't know what's coming down the chute. And, and I react badly. I really do. I don't respond to things. I react. That's what I do. And so, when something hits me that I don't like or I don't expect, I lash out quickly. So I, I know, and I'm never going to stop. I can't stop that. No, ma no matter the amount of therapy, no amount of you know, uh, behavior modification, no amount of bad consequences, it's not going to do it. It's only going to be through my higher power. And so the closer I get to him, the more I can have peace and love and, 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 and tolerance for other people. So that's, that's where my journey's at. It is a long way to go. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, a question that I got in the chat was, Tim, how are you able to handle your anger now? Okay. Um, you know, I, 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 I'll be honest with you. It, it's not pretty. 
um, turn off we're on for this you know, my 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 support points out that page 18 and 19 the warp lives of blameless children because you know i'll just share a story and this this happened a month ago uh, i'm i'm teaching my daughter how to ride a bike and um my first daughter picked it up really easy my second daughter did not and when she got to a certain point we started the day and i thought she was going to go right from there and she she regressed and i picked up the bike and threw it against the wall so listen my i i, I that I, I i'm embarrassed to say it but but that's where it's at right now you know and so you know it's it's i got a lot of work to do on that so i i, I here's the thing is it, it has nothing to do with the my plate it has no Nothing to do with my plate. So that that's that the one thing I got going for me is that the food, no matter how angry and no matter what kind of ends I need to make, I it doesn't get to my plate. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, looks like we have time for uh, maybe like two more. Um, so one question that I have that came through the chat was what does your relationship with exercise look like today? Okay, um, I, I exercise irregularly. Um, uh, so I, I did a 100-mile bike ride when, when I in program. But what happened was when I, I went online and researched exactly how much nutrition that I need for to go when I, when I rode 30 miles, this is how much extra food I got. When I rode 60 miles for training, this is how much extra food I got. When I rode 100 miles, this is how much. And it was very laid out. It was very, very, what do you call it, calculated, very committed. And, but the day after I, I did the bike ride, it went right back down. I, I, I exercise for fun. It's not something I can eat. Wait, by the way, when I did the Ironman triathlon, I gained a pound because they weigh you before because it's a safety thing. They weigh you before and they weigh you after. And I gained a pound. So I can eat well past how much I can exercise. So exercise has not, I'm not, when I'm not training for anything, my food does not change because I'm not training for something. I am just exercising and it, it doesn't interfere with my food. Great, thank you. And another question that came through the chat was, how do you deal with eating out at restaurants? Do you plan your food ahead of time? So how do I eat out at restaurants? Okay, so, so working with, with my sponsor, I have a, set, a, set, a couple set uh, items. Um, so if we're going to a Mexican restaurant, I have my Mexican meal, which is it's very simple. It's chicken fajitas. I just don't have any of the corn tortillas or the rice. So it's all that other stuff. I have my, my French meal. I have my Italian meal. I have all that stuff worked out beforehand. I don't even need to look at the menu. I know what I'm going to order. I know they have some kind of, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, um, sausage with marinara sauce and, and vegetables done. Um, and so I have that all worked out. I have my Thai meals. I have my, um, I don't have any Chinese meals because that's really, there's too much fried stuff. There's too much rice, I, but I have all, all my meals worked out. Um, so I really, and if I need to change, what do I do is I, I just ask for help. I mean, to me, that's what it means. When I say, hi, my name is Tim. I'm a compulsive overeater. What I'm, what I'm really getting, what I'm really saying is, hi, my name is Tim. And I'm going to need a lot of help today to get through the day without eating. And so if, I, if I'm going to a new restaurant, then I'm gonna, I, need to make, I need to look at the menu, get online, look at the menu, and, and make a call. 
and say, well, does this sound reasonable? So that I don't even have to think about it because if I start making decisions in the fly, in the moment, oh, this sounds, then I take my cues from feelings. Oh, I'm feeling hungry. I'm feeling this, I'm feeling that. And then all of a sudden, I'm gonna need a little bit extra. And then that, I've, I've ran that game before and I don't wanna go back, so. Great, thank you. Um, the last question that I have in the chat is, um, are you, is, it says, is Tim available for sponsorship? Can he share his number? So when I open up the chat, um, if you feel comfortable, Tim, feel free to share your number, but um, maybe you wanna talk a little bit about sponsorship. Do you sponsor anybody right now? Yes, yes, I do sponsor. Uh, as, as far as, as sponsoring goes, I, I, I walk, all, when I start with guys, we go through the sober eating plan. That's what worked for me. Um, and then we, we uh, what do you call it? Uh, they send, they're accountable for their food. I don't care how they do it. Um, as long as they're, it's, it's going into somebody else's uh, ear. Um, it doesn't even have to be me. Um, and then we work uh, through the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And so we do that together. We, we find an hour a week to read that. And uh, we do what we, we do it and ask us. And I, I present myself as well as that person. I present myself to the, the same propositions that they do. We go through it together. Great. Wonderful. Um, well, we still have three minutes. So if anyone has any questions that they'd like to ask for Tim, feel free to chat it directly to me, or you can use the raise hand function if you'd like to ask it verbally. So I have uh, two minutes to go. Sarah, do you have a question? You just, do. <laughs> you just noticed that. That was awesome. Hi, guys. My name is Sarah. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, Tim, amazing share. I actually listened to you on the sober eating, and it was amazing. Um, my question to you is, how do you engage with the sponsees? I find perhaps I'm putting so much pressure on my sponsor to be the my person, and I think I realized today that perhaps I need to be with a more of a, a working relationship. What's your thoughts on that, and how do you engage? So, so uh, just uh, when you say, how do you engage? What does that mean? Can, can I get some understanding on that? Yeah, of course, of course. I think there's times when I want to learn how to work the steps in a particular problem and my sponsor doesn't always feel readily available. And I sort of feel like I'm not drowning because it sounds very dramatic, but how do you learn to work the steps if the sponsor is more available for step work on a, just a step one, step two? That makes sense. I hope. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, so okay. I think it's very important that that um, that we do not make our 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 sponsors our higher power. We uh, I, we uh, I needed we I need a group of guys and I call them my hitters that will hold me accountable for my bullshit. Because I when I threw that bike against the wall, in my mind, it was completely justified. In my mind, it made complete sense to do that. And so I need somebody that's gonna say, wait a minute, Tim, hold on. Let's rethink this. And, and my sponsor is not always available for that. Now he gets that in my writing, nightly and morning writing, he gets that, but he might not be available for that call. So I need a we, I need a group of guys and I've got, they're in my favorites. I can just go down the list and just keep making that call until I get somebody to say, wait a minute, I just wanna reason this out. Is it my daughter's fault or is it mine? You know, and as soon as I say it out loud, I'm like, yep, there we go. 
but, but I still need to say it. I still need to, I need to confess to someone because it's important. That's that humbling is saying, I'm not perfect. Uh, you know, cause I can dress it up and make it look great. And, and I can do that. I'm, I'm a sneaky son of a bitch like that. I need, I need people who can see past that. So you need a, gr a group of, of hitters, a group of people that can call you on your shit that you're regularly in touch with. Your sponsor's the quarterback making, making most of the calls, but they're not always available. You need a we. Okay, and that puts us right at 621. So thank you so much, Tim, for your amazing lead. And I will now turn it over to Erin, our secretary. Thank you so much, Katie.